Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 53 of the Early Parenting Podcast. Today is part one of a three-part series on separation anxiety. I was going to squish it all into one episode, but I decided I wouldn't be doing the topic justice by doing that. So I've split the episode into three parts. So part one, I'm going to be chatting about what separation anxiety is and when you'll most likely see it pop up. Welcome to the Early Parenting Podcast, where we help you navigate the somewhat tricky world of parenthood so you can love the crap out of being a mama. I'm your host, Jen Butler, and I'm an early parenting consultant and a mama of two busy, busy boys. Join me as I explore all things early parenting and deliver them to you in toddler-friendly, bite-sized lessons. Because let's be honest, your toddler is probably smothering pseudo-cream on the wall as we speak. I'll be dropping my hottest tips on baby and toddler sleep, feeding, boobs, behavior, and so much more. Are you ready to feel confident in motherhood? Let's dive in. This episode's brought to you by my free download, Eight Ways to Help Your Baby or Toddler Sleep Well Day and Night. If you want your baby or toddler to start sleeping for longer naps than 30 minutes or to actually sleep for a longer chunk than two hours overnight, then you need to know all the ways to improve their sleep because there's actually quite a bit that goes on. So to download my free guide, Eight Ways to Help Your Baby or Toddler Sleep Well Day and Night, head to jenbutler.mykajabi, that's K-A-J-A-B-I, dot com forward slash sleep dash well. Okay, on to the episode. Now, before I talk about exactly what separation anxiety is, let's talk about emotional health and connection in our little ones. So children of all ages thrive on love and connection. From the minute your baby is born, they're hardwired to connect with you. Understanding this then helps you better understand why separation anxiety can happen. So when the connection between your baby or toddler is lost, even if it's only temporarily, it can cause your baby or toddler to feel insecure and a little bit lost. The most common reactions to this separation or loss of connection from you are things like sadness and tears at separation, aggressive behavior, so things like biting, pinching, and hitting, withdrawal from others, they might be forcefully affectionate, they might be clingy, whiny, and sensitive, or you may find they really crave their special object. If they have a comforter or a dummy, they might be really looking for those things. So the time to spring to mind for me with my boys is the classic daycare drop-off separation. Now, some of the time the boys have gone to daycare and they've been no problems, but for both of them, we've had phases where the drop-off was highly, highly stressful. At one point, only recently actually, Max would literally not let go of my leg. So his daycare teacher had to pry him off my leg and eventually I would just have to leave with him screaming my name as I left daycare drop-off. It was horrible. But it's the perfect example of separation anxiety manifesting in that, you know, forcefully affectionate and clearly very clingy. Um, But just so you know, I would always get a message from daycare 
you know, within about 10 minutes, saying that he was completely fine. It was just that initial separation that was super challenging for him, and it wouldn't last forever. So every baby and toddler will experience separation to some degree at some point in their life. Separation anxiety should only be seen in phases where it's really intense and if you and then they usually return to their usual self. So if you're finding that your baby or toddler is constantly anxious, this is something different and it does need to be handled differently, which I am going to talk about more in the third part of this series. So in my work with families, I start to see the impact of separation anxiety as early as six months when babies develop the wonderful skill of object permanence. Now, if you haven't heard about object permanence, it's a really big cognitive milestone for your babe. It's where your baby understands that you exist beyond you being in their direct line of sight. So you can imagine that this is where separation anxiety could begin to manifest because if they know you're around, even though you aren't in front of them or near them, they might start to feel uncomfortable if you're away. So if you follow the Wonder Weeks app, you can see this developmental change happen between leaps five and six, where it's it's not officially a leap, but it's a bit of a gray period. So the peak time of separation anxiety presenting itself is usually between the ages of 10 and 18 months. There are a few sleep regressions, I say in inverted commas, that are influenced by periods of separation anxiety. I say influenced because there's other things at play at these regressions that are impacting your baby or toddler's sleep at 12 and 18 months, that is. And I'm actually going to talk about these in another episode in the future. So stay tuned for those. So in next week's episode, I'm going to be covering why some babes are more prone to separation anxiety than others and the common triggers for separation anxiety to build on what you've learned in today's episode. So I hope you found part one of my three-part series useful and I can't wait to dive into more with you next week. So I'll catch you then. Thanks for listening to the episode, Mama. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to share the episode with a friend, with your mother's group, or tag me at Jen Butler Early Parenting on Instagram. The more that know about this podcast, the more people I can help. If you're looking for support that is personalized for your babe and tailored to your family's needs, then make sure to head on over to my website, www.jenniferbutler.com com.au and check out how we can work together so you can move through motherhood with confidence. Catch you in the next episode, mama.